Welcome back to our Busting Addiction and Its Myths podcast. I'm Bruno J, and I have updated the introduction to our episodes in order to address an issue that we cannot ignore, nor do we want to. It looks like COVID-19, the coronavirus, will be with us for some time, some say for another year or two. People are as frightened as they ever have been. They seek safety for their families above all, protection from the virus and from economic insecurity. But many families also face an added burden, drug addiction and alcoholism in their own homes, and what to do about it. There's something you should know. We, Safe House Rehab Thailand, were founded on the idea of safety. We hold on to the truth that clients deserve to come to a treatment clinic where they can at least feel safe and sound. Devoting ourselves to safety first gives us the firm foundation upon which everything else is constructed. Hence our name, Safe House Rehab Thailand. Thailand has been recognized as one of the world's safest places to be during the pandemic. Further, we at Safehouse have made the right adjustments so that clients and staff remain and feel safe and sound. Masks are mandatory as is social distancing, mandatory hand cleaning, daily blood oximeter readings, which is an early warning measure, and if by chance someone, anyone doesn't feel well, the local hospital in Bangbong is only minutes away. My podcast, Busting Addiction and Its Myths, is dedicated to serving families of still-suffering addicts and alcoholics by providing evidence-based advice and insight so that you can make a better informed decision on what to do and what not to do. We are sponsored by Safehouse Rehab Thailand, dedicated to a modern approach to recovery, which means that we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to diagnostics, technology, and aftercare. To learn how we can help, just visit safehouserehab.com where we post the latest news. Hi, this is Bruno J, and welcome to Episode 9 of Season 5 of my podcast, Busting Addiction and Its Myths. This episode is dedicated to answering the question, Is AA a cult? This podcast is sponsored by Safehouse Rehab Thailand, the premier drug and alcohol rehab dedicated to enhancing the art and science of recovery. First, a plug for my sponsor who has given me the opportunity to help the families and loved ones of alcoholics and addicts better understand the nature of the disease and what they can and can't and shouldn't do about it. We say in our podcast and blog that our primary goal is to help you make an informed decision at this critical stage of your life. Safehouse Rehab Thailand represents the modern approach to recovery, founded on safety which is why we absolutely outperform traditional rehabs when it comes to intake and detox, technology, and aftercare. To learn more about our modern advanced approach to recovery, we invite you to visit safehouserehab.com or send your questions and comments to info at safehouserehab.com. We'd love to hear from you. If your loved one is an active or recovering addict or alcoholic, you are likely struggling with answers to your many questions as to how to help get your loved one clean and sober. You might have even heard that AA is just a cult, and to stay away because they'll enslave and then eat your children. Or that if you, the addict, join AA, then you will become isolated from your family, that the cult will extort all your family's money, or that you will never be heard from again. And that there's a charismatic leader who commands total obedience. He will tell you whom you should marry and so forth. Secrecy rules. So let's first blow up the idea of secrecy. There is an important distinction to be made between secrecy and privacy. When we talk about closed AA meetings, these are meetings that are intended to protect the privacy of individuals 
some of whom would prefer that their anonymity be protected. Sadly, there's still stigma associated with alcoholism addiction to this very day. If you really want to know what goes on in a closed or private AA meeting, just go to one. They're listed in aa.org by city. And say, hi, I'm John and I have a drinking problem. And no one will ask for a membership card because there isn't one. Nor do you need to know the secret handshake or code word because there's none of that either. When it comes to your turn to share, just say, I'll pass today. And that's it. Stay and listen. I guarantee you will learn some worthwhile things. You will likely learn about the 12 steps. At the end, the group might hug or not or say a prayer or not. Most AA meetings last an hour to 90 minutes. You can leave anytime you want. They might close the door behind you for privacy, but it's never ever locked. And most meetings are held, where are they held? In a church or a temple? Basements, in the basements of every conceivable faith. So much for the idea of a godless cult. There are also some clubs, too, that are dedicated to providing a safe place for people to have 12-step meetings, whether Al-Anon, AA, or others. There are also open AA meetings where the public is invited to hear personal stories of recovery and where AA members disclose their membership. Usually, I know in the case of my home group, we'll have an open meeting once a month. So three of the four meetings a month are, are, uh, are closed and one meeting is open. And as I said, you can always break into a closed one just by saying you've got a drinking problem. It's up to the individual in the service of carrying the message of recovery to families looking for insight on the disorder. So it's up to you. The more you want to learn, the better off you really are. You know, might even want to break into an Al-Anon meeting and say, I'll pass today. And in Al-Anon, you don't even, you know, all you have to do is give your name because I've been to many, many Al-Anon meetings that say, hi, I'm Bruno J. You know, that's it. And it comes to my turn to share. If I don't want to say anything, I just say, Hi, I'm Bruno J, and I'll pass today. I just want to listen, and that's it. Nobody's going to bother you. In AA, we have service people that go out into the community to bring the message of hope. You know, so much for, you know, being a private, secret organization. Go out into the community. Bring the message of hope. As an example, your local AA group, the ones that I belong to anyway, and many, many thousands of others, has what we call service chairs or service positions for corrections at jails and other uh, like uh, institutions, public information, cooperation with the professional community, and so on. These are all volunteering can be a real challenge because I was, example, I was involved with a partner, with my partner, younger guy, in bringing addiction education to the Milwaukee School District, where I'm from, has thousands of students. Milwaukee is a, a, is a city of a million and a half just north of Chicago, Illinois, along the Great Lakes. A beautiful place. Pushing the agenda through the various layers of bureaucracy and the Milwaukee School District was a lesson in and of itself. It was left to the principals. In the end, they decided to leave it to the principals of each, each high school and middle school, or combined school. And we did go into several high schools with a combined AA and Al-Anon message. Al-Anon family groups operate a lot like AA. Privacy first, and the rest is very much the same drill as Alcoholics Anonymous. Al-Anon, which I hold in the highest esteem, was founded to help members of alcoholics who are also affected, family members of alcoholics who are also affected, as they all are, by alcoholism or drug addiction. Al-Anon is a safe refuge for family members who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other so that they too can recover from the damage that alcoholism and drug addiction have inflicted on the family. Addictive disorder is an unbidden, unwelcome, insidious invader. It is said that in Al-Anon, even though you may suffer, you don't have to suffer alone. 
millions, thousands of people like, like you and millions around the world. So let's dispense with a few more myths about Alcoholics Anonymous, AA for short. A cult has a charismatic leader who demands total obedience. AA, on the other hand, is a 501c3 not-for-profit corporation. You can look them up, you can look at their books, have a board of directors or what they call a board of trustees and a chairperson that's elected every year. Each chair is described essentially as someone who is the main communicator on the issues of the day as they relate to alcoholism. He or she have little power except to persuade and lead by honest example. A cult has you isolate from society. AA encourages its members, on the other hand, to get out there and be of service to the community and to help other alcoholics achieve and maintain sobriety. That's the second part of our main mission, now that we are no longer a menace to society. <laughs> a cult has you turn over all your assets to their cause. If you wanted to, you could go to a thousand AA meetings and not pay a dime. We pass the basket once during a meeting to help pay the rent to a church or a club, and the typical contribution is one or two dollars, even in the year 2020. That's the best ROI for your money you could possibly imagine. But what about the principle of anonymity? The, the way it is typically understood and stated in AA's traditions is that anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. If you place a principle before personality, you will not have a cult of personality. We're also reminded that we should always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. That tradition was written over 50 years ago now. But the point about personal anonymity was not to have the baby thrown out with the bathwater if, for example, a celebrity first celebrated sobriety via AA and then relapsed. In practice, we see many celebs flaunt this tradition today because they have to stay famous, right? For many of us, we believe that we have no right to out anyone else, but we can choose to disclose our own AA affiliation under the right circumstances. An example might be with a family friend who might be confiding in us about addiction in their own circle or in, the, in their own family. Let's shine some more light on the secret organization, shall we? AA is a fellowship, not an organization or a business which means that we are a bunch of former anarchists who have banded together to save ourselves and society from our hopeless condition of mind and body. So we are loosely organized, and anyone can join if they have a desire to stop drinking, and you're in. All we ask is that you observe some simple suggestions, like use the book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the 12 steps as your guide to recover, and try to observe some simple traditions of unity and anonymity. Three or more makes an AA group. Is AA a religious organization or a religion? Do I have to believe in God or in your version of God? That's so simple, even I didn't get it, thinking there must be a secret of some sort involved. Even though the word God shows up, the idea of a higher power is the operative concept. The word God is typically followed by, as you understand him, or her. An early breakthrough in AA took place when a friend of the co-founder, Bill Wilson, suggested in response to Bill's resistance to the concept of higher power, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That's brilliant. We choose to believe as we wish. It's a big tent. We can choose a group as our higher power or Buddha or any other person or thing. Logical that there are powers greater than ourselves. It's, I love this argument. You know, how about the laws of physics? Are you greater than the laws of physics? Did you create yourself or did your parents have something to do with it? I mean, this business of there is no power greater than us is just going to be blown up to smithereens. AA will tell you that it's a spiritual program, period. We hold to the belief 
that a power greater than ourselves, however you define it, however it's defined by us as individuals, has restored us to a sanity that we could never have achieved on our own. It leans on the power of the group to affect the psychic change required to achieve and maintain sobriety. That's why it's called a WE program. There are approximately 2 million AA members worldwide speaking at least 70 languages, and there are about a million in North America of that too, because it started here. So, have we busted the myth that AA is a cult? Here's the evidence that smashes the myth to pieces. Unlike a cult, Alcoholics Anonymous, that is AA, one, is about privacy, not secrecy, in order to protect the identity of individuals who would prefer to remain anonymous. Because there's still the stigma associated with addictive disorder. Two, AA encourages you to go out and make a difference in the world now that you're no longer a menace to society. Imagine that, helping people, maybe save a life. Three, AA doesn't ask for money. It's the best ROI one could imagine as one could spend nary a penny and still attend every AA meeting free of charge if one is so inclined. Four, AA has no charismatic leader or guru. AA is a not-for-profit corporation led by a board of directors or trustees who elect a chairperson to speak for the fellowship on matters affecting alcoholics and alcoholism. More can be learned in literature can be ordered at aa.org. Five, members believe as they wish. The power of we is a mighty force that keeps us together. Carrying the message of hope will keep the fellowship alive and will alleviate needless suffering into the future and around the world. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is sponsored by safehouserehab.com. Safehouse Rehab represents the modern approach to recovery founded on safety as our first priority. We absolutely outperform traditional rehabs with a sophisticated intake protocol, application of new techniques, and a more robust aftercare program.